everybody, and welcome to Calvary. We are so glad that you've you've chosen to join us today for our Monday, Thursday service, whether you are here with us in the room or you are watching online. Uh, My name is Caitlin Mapes, and I'm the Next Gen Director here at Calvary. And we just finished spending some time in worship together. But another way that we worship God at Calvary is through giving. And during this Lent season, Calvary is taking a special offering uh, that will go toward helping our brothers and our sisters who are in Ukraine who are continuing to face violence and persecution. And so we want to be a church who stands for justice. So if you have a gift that you'd like to give Calvary today, uh, just make sure your envelope or the memo line on your check says Lent, and you can drop that off uh, in the offering boxes as you leave the worship center tonight. Or you can also give online at calvary.org give. And so thank you uh, so much for your continued generosity as we live out our mission as a church. So in case you aren't familiar uh, with the Lenten calendar, uh, Monday Thursday is a day where we have the opportunity to reflect on what Jesus taught his disciples the night he was betrayed and taken to be killed, and how this can apply to our lives today. But tonight, as Josh mentioned, we also have 13 students who will be receiving communion for the very first time, so let's give them another round of applause. And at Calvary, at Calvary, we believe the faith of the next generation is worth everything. And we believe that everyone has a next step that they can take in their faith journey. And so we are so excited to celebrate our young people tonight as they take this next step in their faith. And during our first communion class, we asked the parents of these kids to think back to the very first time they received communion. And I want all of us in the room to go ahead and think back to that moment as well. So go ahead, take a second, think about it. And maybe for some of us, that happened a very long time ago. Uh, And maybe for others, it happened more recently. And maybe you grew up in a church that had a First Communion class and a process like we do, or maybe you just decided to take it with your parents one day in church. Now, I don't remember how old I was when I took communion for the first time, but I remember my parents sitting me down and explaining how special this moment would be. And my whole extended family attended church with us that morning, and I remember sitting through the service and sitting through the message, which felt like forever, and then it was finally time to go up to take communion together. And my mom grabbed me by the hand and we started to walk up the aisle together. And through the crowd of people, I could barely see the stations with the cups of juice and the loaves of bread. But as we started getting closer to the front, my stomach also started to grumble. And around that same time, I also remembered that I didn't have time to eat breakfast that morning, and the bread looked so fluffy and so delicious, and so when my mom and I finally reached the front of the line, I didn't even wait for the server. I went in with both hands into the loaf, and I grabbed as much bread as I possibly could. And the server, naturally, didn't know how to respond in this moment, and so he kind of just looked at my mom, who was covering her face in embarrassment, and she grabbed our cups of juice and took me back to our seats as fast as she possibly could. But as embarrassing as that story is, 
I still think about it sometimes when I go up to receive communion. Because it's such a good reminder for me to check where my heart is at. In that moment I just shared about, all conversation about what communion meant and why it was special went out the window because my heart was in the wrong place and my motivation was wrong. My motivation was to just get as much bread as possible. But I think, I think for all of us, we can also have moments like that where we have the wrong motivation or we misunderstand or we forget what communion is calling us to think about. And maybe we have moments like I did where it's a little more obvious that our hearts are in the wrong spot. But maybe we also have moments where we hide it super well. I think it's easy for us to get into a rhythm and become comfortable. And when we enter into these moments that are supposed to be sacred and these moments that are supposed to be special with God and with one another, sometimes we can miss the entire point. So during this season of Lent, we've been talking through spiritual habits or spiritual disciplines and how small decisions that we make throughout our, our day or our week can lead to a big spiritual impact in our walks with God. So things like prayer or fasting or, or solitude can help us experience God in a new way or, or redirect us and bring freshness to something that was stale or maybe lacked meaning. And as we talk tonight about the meaning and the power of communion, we also have the opportunity to revisit what it means for us as followers and invite God to bring a fresh perspective so we can experience all that communion offers. And I think when we look back to the very first communion, we see the intentionality of Jesus and what he hoped for his followers and what that means for us as believers and as a community. And so if you have your Bibles with you uh, or you have that Bible app downloaded on your phones or your tablets, uh, go ahead and open up to Luke chapter 22 and we'll be looking at verses 14 to 20. And I'll also have the passages up on the screens behind me. But before this passage takes place, we read that the Pharisees and other teachers of the law were plotting against Jesus and planning his capture. And so Jesus knew that it was almost time for him to die. But before his capture and his death takes place, Jesus and his disciples share in the Passover meal together. And so starting in, in Luke 22, verse 14, it says this. When the time came, Jesus and the apostles sat down together at the table. And Jesus said, I have been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. For I tell you now that I won't eat this meal again until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And then he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. And then he said, take this and share it among yourselves for I will not drink wine again until the kingdom of God has come. And he took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. And then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And after supper, he took another cup of wine and said, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood 
which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. So one of my favorite things about Jesus was how intentional he was. So based on scripture, we read about the life and teachings of Jesus. Every teaching and every parable and every healing and every moment of ministry he had pointed to a greater truth about who he was and who God was. And we see that in this moment between Jesus and his disciples as well. So in verse 15, we read that Jesus and his disciples were sharing in the Passover meal together. And the Passover meal was celebrated and is still celebrated today by Jewish people to remember how God spared the lives of his people, the Israelites, and brought them out of slavery in Egypt. And you might remember in that story that in trying to convince Pharaoh to release the Israelites from slavery, God announces a plague of the firstborn where all the firstborn children and livestock would be killed. But to spare his people of this judgment and this death, God instructs the Israelites to sacrifice a lamb and to use its blood to mark their doorways. And so God's judgment passed over those doorways. And the Israelites were spared from death. And so the Passover meal was significant because it recognized this moment in Israel's history where God chose them and spared them from death. And so this was a meal that the disciples would have known well. And Jesus, being intentional, took advantage of this opportunity to teach them something new. And by sharing in communion during this meal, they would already be entering into a posture of remembering who God was and what he had done for his people. And this understanding that God had been a good God to his people and would continue to be a good God was a crucial foundation that Jesus was inviting his disciples into. And again, there was purpose to that. Because the days ahead, would leave so much room for them to doubt. They would probably doubt that Jesus was who he said he was, and they might even doubt God's goodness. But there would be so much goodness that would come from that. And so communion invites us to remember God's goodness. Communion invites us to remember God's goodness. And when we take communion today, we, like the disciples, are also invited to remember God's goodness. And something I hadn't thought about before when I read through this passage this week was how important it would have been for Jesus, who was fully God and fully human, who was about to suffer and die, to sit in the truth about his father's goodness and the goodness of this plan. And how introducing communion as a place to remember that was so intentional for his disciples and for him too. And in the same way, we are also invited to respond to the intentionality of Jesus by also being intentional. 
by remembering who God is and the good things that he has done for his people throughout scripture and how he has continued to show up again and again. And when we receive communion, we get to enter into this holy moment with God and we get to think about all the ways that he has been good to us and respond. In this moment with Jesus and the disciples, we also see Jesus pointing to how God's goodness would be shown to the world in the biggest way through Jesus' death on the cross. And so we also see how communion points us to the cross. And looking back at Luke 22, verse 20, it says this, it says, after supper, Jesus took another cup of wine and said, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. And so again, we see the intentionality of Jesus here because of what the Passover meal meant and what he was proclaiming to be. In the Passover meal they were sharing and celebrated a key moment in history where God proved to be for his people and proved to be good, but Jesus was about to show them how there was an even greater moment in history that would show God's goodness and faithfulness to his people. See, the old covenant between God and his people called for sin to be met with judgment and with death. And God's people responded to this through animal sacrifice to atone for sin. And this was also why the Israelites slaughtered a lamb the night of Passover. But in Luke 22, Jesus says that a new covenant is being formed through his blood and how his blood would cover all payment for sin and how he would be the new sacrificial lamb for his people and his blood would cause God's judgment to pass over whoever believed in him. And so when we, when we receive communion, not only are we actively participating in that new covenant and the freedom from sin and death that we find there, we are celebrating how God kept his promise to his people through sending a savior, proving that he is good and that he will show up every time. And through Jesus' example of communion, we also see a call to continue remembering we see a call to continue remembering. And in Luke 22, verse 19, when Jesus leads his disciples in taking communion, he says to do this in remembrance of me. And so communion encourages us to continue remembering the goodness of God and to continue remembering what Christ did for us on the cross and to continue remembering who God really is. And each time that we take communion as a church family, we have the opportunity for these truths to impact us. And we have the opportunity to sit in God's goodness the way that Jesus did the night before he went to the cross. And we have the opportunity to remember how the death of Jesus freed us from sin and invited us into this new covenant of faith. See, communion is a physical reminder of hope and of life. 
And I think when Jesus called his followers to do this in remembrance of him, he knew what he was doing. And this was just another moment where Jesus was intentional because he knew that his followers would need reminding. And as he moved them forward to do ministry without, them, without him, he knew that they would need to be reminded of hope. And so I think Jesus was also intentional with his future followers too, with us. And as we go through life and we experience pain or we experience doubt or struggle, communion is a moment that we can come back to to be reminded of hope. When we take communion, it should be so much more than just a monthly ritual or a box to check. And again, in the same way that Jesus was intentional with communion, we need to respond with intentionality as well. Because if we think about communion as an invitation to remember God's goodness and what Jesus did on the cross, it can be nothing less than holy. It can be nothing less than holy as we sit and we remember who God was for his people and who God is now and the hope that we have because of Jesus. And we can experience that goodness again and again through taking the same meal that Jesus did. And so to close our time today, we're gonna do that. We are going to share in the same meal that Jesus shared with his disciples. And I want to invite you, whether you have been taking communion for years or you're taking it for the very first time tonight, I want to invite you to really think about what this means. When you take the bread and you take the wine, what is God calling you to remember about who he is? And what does God's goodness look like in your life and why do we need the hope that Jesus gave us through the cross? And as I reflected more on my first communion story, I realized there's also this beautiful side to it as well. Because I think it paints a picture of how we can approach God in this moment. We as followers of Jesus can approach this holy moment with Jesus eager and ready to receive all of who he is. Because that is what Jesus promises us through communion. And through it, we are reminded of God's goodness. And we see that goodness through the cross and we're called to continue remembering that God is good and that we have hope. And that hope is what we can bring with us as we enter into communion together tonight. And so during the next few minutes, we will have stations available at the front of the worship center and servers will be dismissing you by rows to come up. And if you are a fifth grader, again, taking your first communion, please come up with your families to the station at the center aisle up here. But before we do that, let's take a moment to recenter our hearts. Will you pray with me? Father God, we just thank you so much for who you are. God, that you are a God who is good. 
and that you've painted that picture so clearly in scripture. And God, in your love for us, you want us to experience all of who you are. And God, it's moments like these where we as individuals and we as a church body can sit in your goodness and be reminded of who you are and what you've done for us. And God, the biggest display of love for us through Jesus. And so God, we thank you for what this means. And God, we pray that as we receive communion tonight, we would receive it with a fresh heart, with this new perspective, with this, with this desire to know and receive more of who you are. And God, we just thank you again for the fifth graders in the room who are taking their first communion tonight, and we praise you for that, and we praise you for the work that you have done in their hearts and the work that you will continue to do in their lives. God, we just thank you for who you are and who you are and for sending your son, Jesus. Amen. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he gave thanks and broke it, saying, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's pray the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.